The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download The Fan app. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves. And people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. At Jim Ellis Automotive, we take pride in our family-owned and operated business. Hi, I'm Stacy Ellis, Vice President of the Jim Ellis Automotive Group. When my granddad, Jim Ellis, founded our company in 1971, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, my dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. Today, third-generation family members like myself, along with the support of more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values our company was founded on. At Jim Ellis Automotive, we try harder because we sincerely value your satisfaction. That's why we've been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of our 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, still family-owned and operated and where you can always expect the best. It's Chuck and Chernoff. Na, 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 na. It's Chuck and Chernoff. Shut up, Dan. It's 3 o'clock on the dot. You know what that means. It's time for Matt, Lana, and the King. Na, 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 na. It's Chuck and Chernoff. Na, 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 na. It's Chuck and Chernoff on the fan. Driving home Atlanta is a traffic jam. But we got Chuck and Chernoff on the fan. Yeah. Na, 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 na. It's Chuck and Chernoff. Na, 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 na. It's Chuck and Chernoff on the fan. We uh, begin the 3 o'clock hour of the program with some breaking news that I'll share with you in a moment. The, I got to do the sponsor before the breaking news, folks. There's a protocol around here. Uh, the 3 o'clock hour of the show is presented by This Stuff Matters, helping you make the most. Out of what matters most, like and subscribe to This Stuff Matters, the podcast at thisstuffmatters.net. I'll get to the breaking news after I say hello to Charles. Hey, Matt. Hi, Chuck. Are you hungry? You look hungry. I am kind of hungry. You got some I'm food? I'm hungry. Are you hungry? If you're standing behind me, you can huff and puff all you want. I am using the tongs, and I am picking strawberries like a boss. All right. Well, Strawberry. Yeah. Okay. Banana. Uh-huh. Grapes, perhaps. I work on the show, and even that one confused me. Blueberries, of course. Mm-hmm. More? Okay. All right, now, Chuck, to the breaking news. All the pineapple. All the pineapple. All the pineapple. This from Adam Schefter just uh, moments ago. The Atlanta Falcons are releasing Johnny Smith. Oh, breaking X. 
Smith, who got 50 passes for 532 yards, three touchdowns. He frees up $6.5 million of cap space. We talked about three or four moves that the Falcons could open up, about $20 million of, of extra cap space. John, it was one of the moves. Not giving, I think, Taylor Heineke his $7 or $8 million option was another one. Lorenzo Carter, and there was one more move in there that would open up some more significant space. Now, with the $30 million additional, yeah, John, it was good. Uh, I didn't need him used in certain ways that Arthur wanted to use him at the goal line. It's a different story. That's not his fault. Yeah, that's why you drafted a guy fourth overall. Yeah. Uh, but the $30 million of excess of cap space that all the teams had added to what the Falcons already had with their about $25 million, so that put them about a 55. So they're, they're a little over $60 million with some more moves to make to get them over seven. And they have to sign the rookie class, but yeah. that's not overly impactful. They have as much money. Now, like the Bears have the most, and a bunch of teams, they, they can do whatever they want. Go solve the quarterback yeah. thing. And, yes, give them the third year and guarantee, and I don't care. All right, we'll talk I about do not that. Care. You can't be my GM with such a flimsy attitude. I can't have you be my GM with such a willy-nilly. That Chuck, he keeps insisting we solve the quarterback I'm, problem. I'm all about solving a problem. Keep that guy out. I don't want to create more. You have a very Thomas Dimitrov feel to you. Just give him the money. I don't care. Make sure Chuck can't log into his email. That's exactly right. We'll get to some more Falcon stuff in a moment, but uh, let me update you on the Braves, who are in Bradenton today against the Pirates. They started at 105. Arr. Chris Sale made his Braves. I thought we talked about that. Huh. Sale made his Braves spring debut today, and it went well. Two innings, no hits, no runs, no walks. He struck out four. Through 25 pitches, 16 strikes, he struck out the side in the second inning. He hit 97 on the gun, hit 95 on the gun, which you would think, well, that's great news. I just watched a piece of video. I don't need him going max effort in frickin' February. What are we doing? He's a veteran. He knows what he needs to do. Does he? Guys, man, I went back and looked. He's had injuries. Chris Sale, over the last three years, has made 31 starts in three seasons. I don't need him letting it all air out. I'm like, I'm not kidding. I don't need this. He was good at the end of the season last year. Came back in, what, August? And He came back in August, and I'll give you the September numbers. He had one stinker in there, but everybody has a stinker. I, I don't need this. I don't need Chris letting it fly in February. He doesn't need, like, this felt like, folks, look at me, I'm healthy. And that's the problem is, you could be healthy now, and four days from now feel the, twins in the, sh- the twinge in the shoulder. So you mentioned what he did at the end of last year. I'll give you his five September starts, where he was okay, he was fine. He gave up eight earned runs, six and one start, 16 hits over 25 innings in those five outings for the Red Sox. He struck out 29. He walked eight, so he can still miss bats, which is great. I think one thing you'll have to expect from Chris is he's a lot of five and dive at this point in his career for a couple of reasons. A, his pitch count runs up, and B, they're always protecting the injury with Chris. You always want to make sure we got five and a third out of him. Let's get him four days from now, and we'll try to do it again. That's Charlie to a large extent because he also strikes out a hell of a lot mm-hmm. of people just like Sale. This is the left-handed version of what you're going to deal and with with Morton. Sale yep. may also hit somebody on his back foot with a pitch that doesn't go exactly where he wants to be. I went back and looked, and three of the final five starts in September last year for the Red Sox sale through 90 pitches in five innings, 100 pitches in five innings, 80 pitches in five innings. So the pitch count's just going to get up. It's just part of the deal. I will still be pleasantly surprised if the Braves can get 20 to 25 starts in the regular season out of him. My larger hope is he's healthy in, in the late stages of the season into the postseason. I know there were some freaky injuries that happened to Chris, but you just don't get healthier as you get older in baseball. It's not Maybe the Braves will get lucky, and that's kind of what the injury stuff would be. Maybe they'll get lucky. I'm not expecting it. I'm more expecting we're going to get moments where they have to skip a start, where they shut him down for a moment or two, where he's on the IL. Like, that's just something to expect. Uh, Colin, could you get Roger Clemens on the line, please, multiple Cy Youngs deep into his 40s? Please, Matt, come on. I know. I'm sorry. Can we I get, watch baseball. Can we get the clear and the cream for, for Chris Sale to help him out? 
I know Roger's wife has it, according to Roger Clemens, so if he needs to get that, he can go find it there. Uh, all right, so uh, the NFL Combine is underway. It's in Indianapolis, Chuck. Do you know where Indianapolis is? Indiana? That's right. Yeah, thank you. 100%. Way to be on the spot on that, that one. That was bad audio on that one. The connection was off. The Is that what you call it? Let me hear it again. Indiana? Or not. Right. Or not. Right. So uh, Terry Fontenot, Falcon GM. Raheem Morris, they met with the media this morning at the Combine. The drills will start later in the week. Right now we're going through the meet and greets with the, with the GMs, with the coaches, and just all the stuff that the media wants to hear. Uh, Terry Fontenot said, quote, we have to get the right quarterback in and improve the entire roster. All right. Didn't see that coming. He also said uh, they won't close any doors on the quarterback search. All right. He also said it could be a veteran, could be a young player. Thank you, Terry. Okay, that's the first thing. Third point, and he finally got around to something that could be Desmond. It's the first Desmond. two could not, not be Desmond. You know, I know it's not Desmond. Wait till you hear Raheem. Ain't no way in hell it's Desmond. Uh, here is Raheem Morris, who also addressed the media today. He will always win press conferences. He's great at the mic. He's got this infectious personality. He was asked about the Falcons quarterback plan. When you're going through the process, you have everything open, right? We got so many avenues right now because we have free agency money. We have the ability to trade, whether it be trading for a player or another team or whether it be trading up or back in a draft. It's just really about having the different scenarios that you want to have when you're talking about the quarterback position. You got option A, you got option B, you got option C, you got option D. And this year, there are a bunch of different options out there that you got to put through. And it's why I've surrounded myself with 19 quarterback coaches on my staff, right? You want to have different opinions to a lot of decision makers to make the proper decisions at the time when that comes up. And that's been a doozy for us. It's been fun for us to go through. So option Z would be Desmond Ritter. They haven't even mentioned Desmond Ritter. It's like Mm. he doesn't exist. And I don't mean just as a player. I mean as a carbon-based life form. It's like Desmond is not on the planet. Rest in peace. There's a chance like his code at the gate doesn't work anymore. (laughs) You think Desmond's been back since the end of the season? No. Don't you want to get some face time with the new no, coach? No. He cleaned out his locker. He realized he will be traded at some point. He's this been at season. IMG working out in Bradenton. He's- Do you remember the line in the movie Major League where they find out the owner's trying to move the team and Lou Brown has to tell the players you will all be traded or outright released at the end of the season? That's Desmond. Like it, One way or another, that's going to happen. You know how I know? Here's Raheem talking more about the quarterback <laughs> getting that right. And he thinks his team can compete, and he knows why he's here. Go out there and find out who's going to be the trigger man for us and put ourselves in position to win. And I don't, I'm not afraid to say that we have the ability and we're capable to go out there and win next year. If we do some of the right things, some of the right moves, we can do that. And that's not an arrogance. That's not a confidence. That's not a cockiness. That is more of a credit to the people that were in the building with me still and some of the people that are not there now and what they've been able to do. You know, if we had better quarterback play last year in Atlanta, I might not be standing here. Oh. There was the money shot at the end. And I could take out the might, Raheem. If they had just mediocre quarterback play, Arthur Smith's still the head coach. He only had to be a little tiny bit better, a little tiny bit better. They would have won the nine games that we all said they had to win. They would have been in the playoffs, and Arthur would have been here. Now, in the short term, that would have been fine. Long term, that would have been awful because we know none of the quarterback play was going to be good enough, and Arthur might not have been the right guy. But Raheem chose his words kindly there, except when he took a shot at Desmond and Taylor Heine. <laughs> Thank you, Desmond. You're the reason I'm the coach of the Falcons. I said if he were a little bit better. No, 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 no. If he would have just avoided being horrid in like like three plays all of last year, take away three plays where you just like you just took a knee. Mm-hmm. It w- they could have been a playoff team. Agreed. The um, compilation of his interceptions I saw again today from Warren Sharp. My God, like this the, the picks were so bad there were a lot of moments that Desmond did good things was it but it was all mitigated and all forgotten because he made so many horrific 
decisions on his interceptions. Help me with this. Was it the Tennessee game? Where did he throw an interception on a play where it wasn't a pass play? Do you remember, Arthur, it was a rollout to his left, and he threw the ball, and Arthur was like, we were just trying to really center the ball. It wasn't really a pass play. I don't remember that one. I do remember the play against Washington where they couldn't get the play in. Remember, they took the five-yard penalty. Yeah, that was at home. This one was on the road. The next play was also one where they got the playoff with one second left, and Desmond rushes, and then he just off his back foot throws it up in the air, and the end zone gets picked. Yep. And that was one of the face grabs. where That's where I suggested Arthur Smith, he should have coached from the tent. Like, I set up stairs, and they were like, no, we insist on being on the field. I was like, let him coach from inside the tent. He can look through, like, the mesh. Or what if he wore a mask? Like he was a wrestler. Mr. Coach, number one. He could wear, like, you wouldn't see his, with a mustache coming out of the mask. And put him on that hand truck like Dr. Lecter so he can't, like, grab the side of his face, too. be kind of a fun little twist to our Falcon coaching staff. All right, I've got rumors. According to Sports Illustrated, the cost to trade for Justin Fields is getting cheaper as free agency gets closer. Okay, that can't be true because there was no cost for him. That would assume there was a, it was a set price and now it's gotten cheaper. Uh, it will likely cost a second round pick to trade for Fields, according to the report. The Raiders and Falcons have been linked to Justin Fields. No, that's it will take not a what? A second round pick. There were, there were some thought that they were going to get a first, which I told you guys was silliness. I still think a second's going to be silliness because somebody's going to give a third. Or if God forbid they only get a fourth for Justin Fields because everybody knows they're trading him, that would be good. Uh, this rumor from Tony Pauline that the Falcons and Broncos are two teams showing interest in Chiefs free agent corner Legarius Sneed. He writes the Falcons still seem hot on the trail for Sneed, as I initially reported two weeks ago. Now there is a report out of Kansas City that the Chiefs could be trending towards giving him a franchise tag. So that would take LeJarrius Sneed off the board. And this one from D-Led. He writes, teams will scrutinize, or excuse me, the team, speaking of the Falcons, will scrutinize all quarterbacks at Combine. Arthur and Rich, could you all... um... He finishes by saying Falcons would have to trade up to get any of the top three prospects. Uh, Can we stop? Thank you, D-Led. Those are your rumors. D-led. So the Falcons might have to trade up to the top three to get one of the top three prospects. He is on it up in Indianapolis. Chuck, where's Indianapolis? Do you remember? Indiana? That's right. Indiana? That's right. Exactly. Uh, Indiana? You got it. Matthew. Mm. Uh, Atlanta at Carolina. Mm-hmm. That's going to happen again. Falcons are up seven to six. Okay. Fourth quarter. Right. Marching down the field on the 15th play of the drive. Yeah, that was the interception where he had uh, Drake wide open. It was supposed to be. I don't think so. I think they. That's what Arthur said afterward. He said they were supposed to roll out to the. So he rolls out. He escapes. What he did the hard part on the play. He He escapes the the pressure. Then he sets his body and he's got Drake right in front of him and he throws the pick three feet to the left. That was the play that Arthur at least was saying. He's like, yeah, there was no. He said there was no intention for him to throw the ball. There should have been either throw it away or unless like Drake was wide open. It was just horrid. It was just bad, 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 bad. So we had Matt Miller on the show yesterday from ESPN, one of the better draft guys in the business. And you can go to the uh, ESPN. You go to the 6A to the fan mobile app to uh, hear that yesterday. Let me play, though, a couple of things from Matt uh, pertaining to the Georgia players. Here is Matt Miller on Brock Bowers. And we know how talented he is, the career he had at Georgia. He might not land where you think in the NFL draft. 
Brock Bowers, for all the greatness that is his game, is probably going to be like 6'2", 230. You know, he's not built like Travis Kelsey, who's 6'5". He's not built like Sam Laporta. He's not built like Mark Andrews. Certainly not built like Kyle Pitts. So, you know, he's a little bit closer to George Kittle, but even Kittle's 6'4", 240 pounds. So I think with Brock, we're looking at a case of amazing, great college football player who the NFL is going to be a little lower on because he doesn't play a premier position. He doesn't have elite measurables. So the measurable part is one thing. The second part is what we always talked about with the Falcons. You don't take a tight end in the top five. I don't care how good he is. You don't take a, a wide receiver if you have pressing needs in four other areas. You don't take a, a, a running back when you have other things of need. It's not a criticism of Drake or Bijan or Kyle. Look at the top ten in the draft right now. Those teams are all in the top ten. Why? They have tons of holes. You don't spend a pick on a tight end because you need 15 other things more important than that to get your team to where you want. There are kids at SEC media days that you look at, and the only thing that comes to mind is God Almighty, um, like that Darius Robinson kid from Missouri. It, he's unbelievable. Um, and Brock Bowers is not one of those guys. He's tall, and he's in shape, obviously, but he's not physically overwhelming. That doesn't prevent you. That's not prohibitive from being just a game wrecker in the SEC. We just saw that for three years. Here's one thing that doesn't get measured with a stopwatch, uh, the vertical jump, the, the cone drill, all of that stuff. There's this thing, it's the ability to get open, and he does that. He does. There's also the ability to use whatever body he does have. He's really good at keeping the defender away from the football. He's really good at that. And then also, he's good at turning shoulder. I don't want to say get skinny. I was about to say that. Turning his shoulders, lessening the hit, getting through a hole, getting a little slippery at least through coverage. He's He does a lot of good things downfield that don't show up like go run fast in a straight line. No, Kyle Pitts is a lot better when you do that. Uh, here is one more from Matt Miller on Lad McConkey climbing up the board. We see that run on wide receivers early. I think there's a world where he slips into the late first round, especially if, what if the 49ers who have salary cap problems trade Brandon Ayuk? Then someone like Lad McConkey could get in there. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs have a need for more of a speed receiver opposite Rasheed Rice. Maybe he's a number two, number three receiver his entire career, but he's going to be a heavily productive number two or number three receiver. I I know a team that doesn't have salary cap problems that needs Brandon Ayuk. There's somebody in the city you might. Ooh. Back up to Lad, though. I was mocked by certain people on this radio station when I said months ago, I think he's going to impress so much he'll get into the back of the first round. Oh, he was the surprise in Mobile. Not the, surprising the surprise, to me. The surprise. He was the surprise. Because I watch film. This kid, my goodness. I break this stuff down. It's what I do. You think I'm just some you know AM talk show host who's given hot takes? No. I break this stuff down. I do this stuff. I do the work. And the work told me Lad McConkey could get in the back of the first round. I do want Brandon Ayuk, though. Wait, I'm supposed to say it another way. And you can take that to the bank. Let's get our wing into that. All right, get worst ready idea. For Chuck and Chernoff's worst idea. That was a freebie they just got. How about that? Clean all that up in post. We'll do it. Fix it. Uh, we'll take your worst idea answers at the Harrah's Cherokee Casino's Twitter feed. I stole this one, too. I'm just stealing these. Oh, where do you get these? Right off of Twitter. Uh, what's the most unrealistic thing that's happened in a sports movie? And typically, you're going to get a lot of things that aren't realistic but what's the most unrealistic thing like the fact that daniel russa won the all valley karate championship with that crane kick as if johnny wouldn't just move to his left he walked right into the foot of daniel larusso who was on one leg daniel larusso is going to fight on one leg then there's the jake taylor calling a shot for the cleveland indians in major league and then bunting 
I mean, and then Willie Mays Hay scores from second on the play. Ugh, okay. I have a problem there. And I'll give you Henry Rowan Gardner, the floater to win the pennant against the Mets. Float it. I don't know. I, float it. I, the I real kicker is that they let him go back to Little League Baseball yeah, after that. You can't that. do that, That's right? Not, yeah, that's yeah, so unrealistic. I got a high school basketball player turning into a wolf, all right? It's a great one. Uh, and he was a fantastic player as a wolf. a little bit more than like a 12-year-old breaking off at 12 to 6. I don't know, man. Henry Rowan Gardner was throwing 98. The teen wolf was just making chubs better. That was his teammate. Wolf. That guy. No, Shoot I was trying to remember boy. this. I thought he got. I thought he became the wolf when he got angry, but then he was van surfing, so he wasn't so angry when he was. He learned to control it. His father said, "You have to learn to control the wolf." There was a movie called Teen Wolf for you kids out there that came out yeah, in the mid '80s. That's got the belt, dude. I'm sorry. Are you, uh, listen, you high school to... point guard turns into a coyote. I don't know that you need to talk to me in such a tone. Oh, I'm sorry. A dead guy walking out of the corn, <laughs> uh, and then getting two hits. Uh, he did. Well, Shoeless Joe was always going to hit, dead or alive. DT, what you got? There's so many places I wanted to go here, but I'm going to go with the movie Draft Day, the trades that he makes, and then the way it ends, it's absolutely asinine. It was one of the great bits of uh, GM work, trading up and down the board, and he told the owner, fire me after the draft if this doesn't work, and he got it all done. Based on his moves, he had to be fired. Domino loves that movie, but it's just He got his quarterback, he got his running back, he got his linebacker, and the Browns were ready to go. Wasn't there a movie with, was it Matthew LeBlanc? There was a monkey that played baseball? I didn't see Ooh, it. Ed? Oh, Eddie? Ed? Yeah, Ed, Ed, Ed. An orangutan played baseball. How about that? You need to open up your mind. It really does. You're just very closed to like the possibilities of these fun things that could happen. Unrealistic is the question today. That's fair. <laughs> Brian Gephardt, most unrealistic thing from a sports movie. How about Gordon Bombay getting a DUI and then you know his, his penalty is to go spend time with kids and go uh-huh. coach a youth hockey team? Just would seems, never happen today. Yeah, it seems counterintuitive. It does. Uh, Cullen Madden. In the QB1 show, when they try to act like Brittany Mahomes, it's like a fun, likable person. Yeah, that was a reality show. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys will send your answers to the Harris Cherokee Casino's Wait a Twitter minute. feed. Was that the premise? The guy's on an all-day boozer? Yeah. And oh, they yeah. the punish, yeah. go spend all your time with kids now. It wasn't the first time Buttermaker would drink while he was coaching the Bad News Bears. Well, now, that wasn't mandated, though. That was just mandated. a city councilman that said, you owe me a favor, coach my kid. I understand. Wasn't there a parent that saw Buttermaker bombed in the dugout and said, I... Well, now, hang on. I got to say, that was the 70s. I mean, I played Little League Baseball in the late 70s. A little different. That wasn't so far okay. off. We used to... I'm not kidding. Like, fourth grade... Is this a long story? No. Coach would put like 14 of us in the back of the F-150 and drive us to the batting cages, down 85. Right. It was the 70s. Where were the batting cages? Jim Hearn. I don't know if you, <laughs> you guys will send your answers to the Harris Cherokee Casino's Twitter feed. Oh, I'm so excited. We are going to play a round of who's the a-hole. Matt's the ass because Matt's the oh, no. Okay, we still have not properly edited that or beeped that out. Like, that's been in the system a for a long, long time. Right. long time. Opportunity. That's there. why the game is the a-hole. We'll do that in 10 minutes. I'll just tell you this. One member of the show has beef with an a-hole that doesn't even work here anymore. Uh, coming up next, this is the most unfair thing I could possibly say about a quarterback that could land in Atlanta. He's terrible. Even worse. I know, but he's terrible. I trust me, what I'm going to say is worse. I'll share it with you next. <laughs> Chuck and Chernoff are on your radio. That would mean you're listening on FM at 93.7. 6.30. Or 6.30 a.m. Steaming on the fan app. Steaming always on the 6.30 the fan mobile app. Wait a solid DT. 
How do we not have more listeners? It's amazing. Derek, your kids are going to be hearing that drop. Do you understand? <laughs> it might be my favorite of all time, and that's saying a lot. It happened yesterday. It's yeah. never going away. We are steaming all day long. A steaming pile on the fan app where you can listen anytime. Chuck and Sean off until 6. Wake up at the locker room 6 to 10. The Buck Baloo program, an hour of sports power at 10 a.m. And then Nick and Chris, 11 to 2. I'll remind the audience tomorrow, Chipper Jones in studio for a couple of hours with uh, Domino and Cellini. Our 3 o'clock hour of the show is brought to you by our friends at This Stuff Matters, helping you make the most out of what matters most. Like and subscribe to This Stuff Matters, the podcast at thisstuffmatters.net. We are going to play a round of Who's the A-Hole? Coming up in five minutes. You're the a-hole. I think I'm off the hook on this one, although it could turn on me anytime. All I'll say is there's a member of the show that has a beef with a certain a-hole that doesn't even work here anymore. We'll cover that coming up. But I want to play you a piece of audio from yesterday. Uh, I'm going to taint the pool. This is uh, Matt Miller from ESPN. He's talking about J.J. McCarthy. I had specifically asked him about McCarthy's place in the draft for the Falcons. And I want you to listen to what he says, but listen to his tone as well, talking about McCarthy. To me, he could be a really good NFL quarterback, but probably more in that middle tier. Like, in five years, could he be a top 10 NFL quarterback? Yeah. I, I think the, the football IQ is there. The, the arm strength is there. The mobility is there. Yeah. Um, he's going to have to get better, obviously. But the talent is certainly there. He's my number 18 overall player. Okay, so the Falcons pick eighth, which means, I don't know, you always end up reaching for the quarterback you could. Here's the most un- <laughs> this is the most unfair thing I could say about JJ McCarthy and I'm saying it on the front side. He reminds me of Desmond Ritter. Now here's why. If I did a tale of the tape, McCarthy's listed at 63200, Ritter was listed at 64215. Ritter had a great college career. He's 44 and 6 with a college football playoff appearance. McCarthy is an outstanding 27 and 1, couple of college football playoff appearances. JJ's numbers look Wonderful. 49 touchdowns, 11 picks in 30 games at Michigan. Ritter at Cincinnati threw 87 touchdowns, 28 interceptions a lot of football. in 50 games. McCarthy, 67% completions, 207 yards a game at Michigan. Ritter, 63%, 205 yards a game at Cincinnati. The rushing yards, J.J. ran for 21 a game. Ritter, 43 a game. It goes on and on. This is the most unfair thing I say because when I see J.J. McCarthy, I see nothing special. And when you saw Desmond Ritter, remember what I kept saying the hope was, can he just get to the middle of the pack? If he could ever get to the middle, if he was the 19th best quarterback, the Falcons would have been in the playoffs. If he was in the middle of the pack at 16, well, they're a, a 12-win team because they had all this other stuff that you like combined with a bad schedule and a bad Defense division. Defense would have not fallen apart the last month of the season or so. Um, I, want, I want you guys to picture J.J. McCarthy starting for the Falcons next season. Now, that's not the end-all, be-all to determine what he could be in his career. But if you took him eight, let's just suppose you took him eight. You're most likely starting him. You're going to throw that kid to the wolves. I can hear all the stuff about if he threw the ball more, he would have been better and all this other stuff. There's a reason Michigan didn't have him throw more. I don't care what anybody says. They knew they could win running. They knew they could win playing defense and they knew they could limit JJ and it wasn't going to hurt them. And they won the championship. I I just, again, the most unfair thing ever. He reminds me of Desmond Ritter. It would paralyze the franchise. Even if it's a, if it's a wrong pick, three or four seasons maybe. Think about where the Bears would be, if not for the dumb luck of the Carolina Panthers, where the Bears would be if they had just just Justin Fields and they didn't have this out. They would have spent three full seasons at the minimum. Um, when you invest the eighth overall pick, as a for instance, in a quarterback, when I say paralyze, folks, the Falcons as a franchise, the intention for two full seasons was – 
Desmond, Desmond, Desmond. They spent a draft pick, 74 overall, that virtually never works out for quarterbacks, and they still invested two seasons. If they invest the eighth overall pick, how long do you think this is going to be, even if it doesn't work? No, you're going how to long? four or five. It's three or yeah. four seasons. No, no, you're going – unless something – now, we have seen teams pull the plug early. Yeah, Brock Purdy, if you have Mr. Irrelevant emerge, all right, we're in. Well, but no, we saw Josh Rosen – because they picked another guy. We've actually seen teams move on quickly when they realize it's not going to work. That's unusual that you had the first overall pick and you take the quarterback like the next next year. Now, they knew Josh couldn't play. I bet if you start looking in the last two or three years, you're seeing it more. They have gotten way more disposable. Yes, Yes, way more. Here's the problem, though. It's even bigger than how long you go with it. It's the fact that there's no getting out of it. Right? With Desmond, all you invested was a third-round pick. All right, he won't be here next year. Mm -hmm. It was a year. It sucks. It cost Arthur Smith his job. It had a turnover in the building. With J.J. McCarthy as a rookie, I don't, maybe I'll be wrong. It'll be C.J. Stroud. I don't predict that happening. I think if you're just doing it on a talent basis, I bet if you had people, and we had Matt Miller on yesterday, if you're ranking just the talent of the quarterbacks, we know he's not close to the top three. So you're getting, at best, the fourth-best quarterback in the draft. At best, there's an argument to be made that some would take Penix or Bo Nix, maybe both of them. There's an argument made you could be getting the sixth-best quarterback in the draft. In a world where you took him at number eight, you're putting way too much on that kid, overinflating what people's expectations of him would be. Not his fault, but that's what would happen. And then you still have to solve the problem of who plays week one this season. It can't be him. Is it? A, it Frankly, is, it can't be any of these this, rookies outside of Caleb Williams. I don't think any of these kids are ready to start. This is an upgraded version of Desmond and Mariota. Keep in mind why C.J. Stroud could start in, in Houston. They had no expectation. So whatever it, it turned out to be this surprise playoff season, but had they gone at five and twelve in Houston, they would have gone fine. It's or whatever. The Falcons, you heard Raheem Morris say today, we think we can win next season. Let me translate that. The owner wants to win next year. The coach, the GM, they want to win next year. Doing that with a rookie quarterback, that's not very reasonable. I will give you the upside is now this is upside. This is class the third full. If he's a bust, it only costs you the eighth overall pick. You didn't trade up. It's the years. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's the years that you're you're stuck again. You're spinning your wheels again to, to to find out he's not the guy, right? And whatever else could have been out there that you could have gone with instead. That completely unfair of me. I hope I'm wrong for whoever takes him. God forbid the Falcons. But when I think JJ, I just see some of the Desmond stuff, and I I can't escape it. I just see another case of can't please Matt. It's now time for who's the a hole. Okay, we haven't played a, a round of A-hole in a while. and uh, for those we've all of, been on our best behavior. That's right. Uh, or lazy and just forgot to, to There's that. plan it. Yeah. So if you haven't been a part of the program for a while, what we do with Who's the A-hole is uh, we'll tell two sides of a story. Then you, the audience, gets to play the judge and jury and decide who the A-hole is. Now, what comes with that is if you make a good case, we've got a prize for you. So we know the show is pretty mediocre, so we'll bribe you with stuff. So uh, start filling up the lines at 404 231 1680. Uh, today, I believe, Chuck, we're giving away an autographed football. You want to know who's on the ball? Who? Brian Finneran and Hudson Mason. You get an autographed ball with a, tech, uh, a Georgia legend and a Villanova legend. Falcons legend. And say. a Falcon yeah, legend. Falcons right. legend yeah. So that's what the prize is. And uh, I don't know, limited edition 680. The sure, world. there's right. that. So here's the deal. Uh, Cullen Madden has taken over for Brian Hoyt. Hoyt on yet another sabbatical. That's what happens when you marry rich. You can leave and go home and you know do laundry and you know uh, hang out with the kids. Sabbatical, no. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I, he'll be back he at some quit. point. He did, but he they it's always, not a sabbatical. Sabbatical is like a block of time where he you're gone. Be back. But you're back. He's, he's always he's always back. He quit. Yeah, no, he did quit again, but there's always a chance he returns. But in the meanwhile, Colin's done, I think, a hell of a job trying Thank to you. yeah trying to clean up some of the messes that Hoyt leaves behind, and I mean that as a compliment because Hoyt runs a system that only he understands when it comes to labeling things, when it comes to helping to find different sound clips for the show. Colin, am I right? Like, this is not easy for you. Yeah, and you would think that, you know, he, he's very self-aware of his unorganization. You know, mm-hmm. he's the only one who knows where everything is. But he wears that as a badge of honor. Absolutely. Yeah. So what does that mean for you when I'm like, Colin, find this drop, and you have to search it in only a way that Hoyt would know where it is? Correct. I try to think, get into the mind of Hoyt. And, you know, it's almost like he enjoys the difficulty of trying <laughs> to find it. It's like a guessing game with himself. <laughs> right. And others don't enjoy that as much. So he's made your job a lot tougher. I would say so, oh, yes. So he's turned into like the Easter eggs in video games. That would be correct. Like you're just supposed to stumble onto it. How many times have you had to call him to see if you help, uh, need help finding something? Uh, probably once a week or so. Yeah. I try to leave him alone, though, because I know he doesn't want to hear from me. Dude, you had runway. Y'all had months. Right. Hoyt's inability to spell correctly also adds to <laughs> Thank you, Derek. Things, That's great. Yeah. So he finds stuff in the system based on what it sounds like. Phonetics aren't his you know, specialty, so he just goes with it. All right, so Colin's job has been made a lot more difficult. Again, you've done a fine job, but the guy who used to sit in that seat, Brian Hoyt, joins us now. And you want to talk about the picture of uh, rich and fancy. Where are you right now? Como están, bitches? We're in Mexico. <laughs> Riviera, that's how they say hello in Mexico. Oh, so you're you're on the beach in Mexico. It's kind of windy, yeah. <laughs> Don't, how much do you miss us? Yeah, sure. I've been <laughs> listening on AM a lot. So that's cool. How's the AM working in Woodstock? Uh, you know, it's, it's fine. Yeah, but you're on the app today. Yeah, yeah. The app is always working. Okay, so so Cullen's making don't a claim. Be, don't be you there. I don't want you swinging from a bridge in Juarez. All right, don't be you. He's with his wife. No, I'm fine. I'm he's fine. On, he's yeah. on his best okay. behavior. How how many stars is this resort you're at? Uh, it's the best. Must be more <laughs> than It is. What can I say? Right. It's very exclusive. You didn't book it on Priceline. No, no, no. This is a company trip, by the way. <laughs> company trip. Okay. So Cullen's claim is that you've made his life a lot more difficult because he's trying to work in you. This is like when Sark had to call plays out of the Kyle Shannon playbook, and it's only Shanny stuff he could understand. So. How could you have made his life a little bit easier? Uh, he could have paid attention for the four months that he was sitting behind me and just watched. I mean, that could have been easy, Colin. This sounds like a YP uh, in Mexico. That's a you problem. Wow. Um, this is not a me problem. Like, honestly, I heard you play Nepo Baby yesterday. You were able to find that. If you're having so much difficulty, then throw a song together yourself, baby. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I see a lot of growth over the past couple months. Okay. So, uh, wait. Colin clearly thinks this is on you for not two reasons. For A, not paying enough attention while you were being trained to take over for him, and B, not being able to adapt on the fly. Your response. So, Hoyt, just, I, I thought of some examples that, you know, ways you could have made stuff easier. For example, you decide to play the 220 rejoin, you know, that we start the show every day, Function Brother. You keep it in Vox. Why would you not move it over to OpEx and make it, you know, completely automated? Then you wouldn't have to play it. Now, these are industry terms. Can we have layman terms to help the audience? He basically made it harder on himself. Instead of keeping it, making it easier on myself. And the reason is, Colin, if you would have taken lessons for those four months, is because you can edit it on the fly when it's over in the quote-unquote box or the computer, (laughs) and you can't do that when it's on the other side in the OpEx. It's the same song every day. How would you have to edit it? Oh, no, that's wrong. Sometimes we would mix the beat up a little Don't bit. Tell another man that. Do his job. 
Sorry. We've no. never changed that song ever since I've been on the show. Well, yeah, you were only there four months, dude. Oh, I've been doing the show for 17 years. <laughs> so I text you yesterday at 9.30 in the morning because uh-huh. winging it is no longer. And I said, do you know where the worst idea open is or do you know what the song is? And Incorrect. You, s- you said, what is the song? Let's be specific here. You said, what is the song? And you start naming songs instead and then I finally play one of the songs, and about 3.20 later that day, there is a worst idea open in my OPEX. Why would you not just tell me that before the show? Do you want to try and make me look bad? What's going on? You didn't ask what the worst idea open was. You asked, what was the song? Uh-huh. And I answered, what was the All song, right, is there a, is, Are you serious right now? But wait a minute. Hold on. Could this conversation have gone on in November or December what? and not live on the air? So back up. Back to your corners for a moment. Wade is with us from Mexico on some rich, fancy trip. Cullen's now working the crappy shit. Do you have to pay extra for that phone call? So, hold on. Like when you're in Mexico? I think I'm good. Is there a chance, Cullen's right, that you're taking joy and trying to sabotage him to make him look worse? (gasps) No, no, he's doing a good enough job himself. (laughs) You're the (laughs) Wait a minute. That he's like Radio Vince Dooley who purposely wanted Ray Goff to fail? Is there a chance you could have done a better job in helping the transition? Because... Let's be honest with the audience. We ask a lot of the person sitting in that chair. There are a lot of moving parts, and there's a chance oh. maybe you've done things to make it a little more difficult. Conspiracy. On yeah. No, I did things for me. Like, okay, in a library, Dewey and Decimal came up with the Dewey Decimal System to work for them. Right. I came up with things that work for me, not for Colin, not for DT, not for any, not for Geb, who you quickly replaced me with that. <laughs> um, but we won't go into that. You're the a-hole. Uh, I did it. I You're set things up for me. You're the a-hole. So, so you don't find it any of your responsibility to make sure that I am organized on my end as you pass the torch to me, the show that you care so much about. For 17 years. When you got handed the torch, you got handed all my drops, 17 years of drops, 17 years of creativity, <laughs> 17 years of everything. And I left you on your way to find yourself, Colin. <laughs> this is a journey to find yourself. Okay, enough. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So this was a favor, actually. Actually, yes. This is how you grow, Colin. I can't hold your hand forever, honey. Sometimes you've got to leave the nest, baby bird. He's not leaving any money to his kids either. He wants them to earn their own way. All right. So let me get some phone calls here at 404-231-1680. There's no reason for phone uh, calls. Colin's the a-hole. Well, you might be right, but I want to leave it up to the... change it to Colin's the whiny bee. How about that? (laughs) So you think Colin's just complaining because he's not doing his job well enough? I know Colin is, but that's okay. We'll let the audience is, Let me ask you this. Would you be willing when you get off your fancy vacation from Mexico to come back in to help him more, to do better? I was there the other day. I was there on Friday. Did you and help Colin's him? like, oh, every, everything's going great. Everything's fine. No, I'm doing this myself. I got this. <laughs> Why, is that your impression of Colin? <laughs> I think I said something yeah. else that you don't want to. Which was? Clean it up. Oh, that Chuck's in a much better mood now. He's happier. <laughs> oh, it's gone. Chuck's happy. Like it washed over me. It's like it washed over me. All right, let me (laughs) let me grab some calls. Who's the a hole here? Is it Hoyt? Is it Cullen? As I said, the best case can be made. We've got an autographed football for you from uh, Brian Finneran and Hudson Mason. By the way, it's hard to find that back in the in the prize closet. All right, uh, let me talk to Ryan, who joins Chuck and Chernoff on the fan. Ryan, who's the a hole here? Man, honestly, thinking about it, I've been listening to to the show for a long time, and Hoyt is very much like the Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers or the Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. So with that greatness, I got to say Colin's a-hole. You know, he kind of left a lot there for him. He led the team, 
And uh, so I'm going colon on the a-hole on this one. Got to figure it out. the a-hole. All right, Ryan, hold on, hold on. Well, now's where you hit the button. You hit the button call oh. to the a-hole when the call is done. Right. Is He's, that helpful? You're not helping your case right now. Although In December, yes. Okay. All right. Here is uh, – <laughs> let me talk to Jordan, who joins Chuck and Chernoff on the fan. Jordan, who's the a-hole here? Oh, is this our former intern? Not even. Not even. Huh. Uh, this whole segment was created by the a-hole, so we're going to go ahead and give it straight back to the a-hole, who's hoist. No notes. Colin is fine. He's doing the best he can. It's all on the original a-hole of 17 years. Ha, ha, hi. You're the a-hole. Thank you, Jordan. Hold on. We'll see if she's... Uh... She called me an a-hole. She called Colin a try-hard. Did you hear that? There was a little bit of a pat on the head. <laughs> yeah, well, a little bit. It's, I'll it's take doing it. the best he can. Right. There was a little bit of that. Even when Hoyt's insulted, it doesn't bother him. That's the, there's the true power of a heel. Like, you embrace when you get the uh, shot like Jordan just provided. Here is uh, John with Chuck and Chernoff on the fan. John, who's the a-hole here? I'm going to have to say uh, Hoyt is the a-hole, and I mean that as a compliment, calling us from uh, uh, Mexico from the beach. Yeah, just You're rubbing it in. the a-hole. Flex. Can't hide money, or his wife's money in this case. Yeah, sell, woman, sell. Degrees. 87 degrees down here right you, now. You can burn it. Is, are you still doing the Ozempic? How's that working? Yeah, uh, we're down to 190, and uh, I was really tanned because I've been going to tanning bed, so we look good. So your life now consists of tanning, Ozempic and folding laundry. Are you getting Botox and fillers? And no, but I did. I did whiten my teeth for the last two weeks. So I really stand out. Are you playing pickleball with the other housewives, or what are you doing? <laughs> uh, no, but we do have a wine Wednesday that we meet. That's <laughs> nice. Of course you do. Get your eyebrows done. <laughs> All right, let me, get, let me get one more. Here is uh, Kevin on the fan with Chuck and turn off. Kevin, who's the a hole here? Guys, it's got to be Colin. Hoy handed him that job on a silver platter. Thank you. No, you hit the button now. <laughs> Would you give him a second? All right. We have a decision to make. Uh, you heard the, the sides. There was a lot of Hoyt defenders, which kind of makes me sad, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> I am tending towards Jordan because she just called Hoyt an a-hole just because who he is. has nothing to do with the job or any of his abilities. Hoyt called us from the beach of a five-star all-inclusive. That makes You're sense. The Thank you. All right, go back to your tanning in 87 degrees. Can I, can I say something really quick? Next time you have a female colon on the line, you play the... You just hung up on him? Oh, I got the Hagen treatment. Oh, no. All right, he just hung up on Hoyt. There he goes. All right, here you go. There's a, a successful mission of who's the a-hole. That's where you play it again. Hit it one more time. You're there you go. Clean that up in post as well. Making Hoyt feel great. Oh, he's somewhere smiling. Anytime he listens to the they show. They miss me. They need me. Right. If Colin's off by just a tick. He's keeping score. That's exactly right. All right. Chuck's got a college football today around the corner. What can we look forward to? Oh, uh, hang on. Let me see. If it's, uh, kind of... Well, it's funny. You were just giving Colin crap for being a second off. Yeah, was. Yeah. All right. Hell, I got it. One SEC program may have the newcomer of the year with one detail. We'll tell you who it is next. A sad day for uh, the Falcons and Johnny Smith as they part ways. Although you know who the happiest guy in America is. Somewhere Arthur Smith is on speed dial to Johnny. Come to Pittsburgh. Johnny was actually good. They've had a lot of success. One Johnny's fault that he was asked to do weird things at the goal line. We'd like you to throw a pass or run a jet sweep. A lot of success in Tennessee with Johnny, and then he got paid in New England. Didn't Only work there. Spent a couple of years there, but got paid. Came here, got some money. 
real productive season. But put the pieces together. Janu gone. Theoretically, Kyle as healthy as he's been since his rookie year. Feed him and fan him. We're going to get him the ball in a lot of ways. Chuck and Chernoff are on the fan. That means we're on FM at 93.7. We're on the mighty AM at 680. We're doing it on the 680 The Fan mobile app where you can listen in Mexico on some fancy beach at a five-star resort. That can happen for you as well. Speaking of the fan app, it's where you get all your latest news, your favorite fan shows. It's all sponsored by Beaver Direct. The Beave. Mm-hmm. Beaver Direct is the fastest and easiest way to shop online for your next vehicle. Visit beavertoyotacoming.com. And if you go up and see that dealership, by the way, Taj Mahal of dealerships, that thing is, you'll want to pitch a tent and stay. It's that nice. Again, beavertoyotacoming.com to see what wow. 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 Really means. Download the fan app now in the Apple app and Google Play stores. Chuck Oliver's College Football Today. Got the beta king. Presented by Roof It Forward. When your roof needs to be repaired or replaced, call the roofing company that supports Camp Sunshine. Together, we can roof it forward. Said an SEC program may have the newcomer of the year, the defensive newcomer of the year. One detail, Harold Perkins is not new to LSU. Just going to be in a new fast forward sort of role. Last year, the big story at the beginning of the season, remember they Harold Perkins as a freshman, they put him on the edge and said, go hit that guy with a single digit number. Like go hit him really hard. Harold Perkins did a lot of that. Last year, they started him in the middle and it just, they were asking him to be a traditional middle linebacker. We're going to funnel some things to you. And so you make your tackles and that's what, that's not Harold Perkins. So Instead of the read and react or bend and don't break or the keep it in front of you, everything they were doing last year, which did not work because the entire the entire defensive staff gone. Brand new coaches everywhere. Bo Davis, OG up front, uh, the coordinator. Everybody loves Blake Baker coming back to LSU from Missouri. All of that. But Corey Raymond. So all new coaches. They can all coach. They're all good. Biggest deal t- detail to me, though, is Brian Kelly talking about what the new D.C. will do with Harold Perkins. He's the best player on that field. I don't know, maybe the best player on the team. If you're a guy who can wind up with, I don't know, 10 and a half sacks, then, yeah, that's a guy. How do you do that from the middle, Chuck? Well, that's what Brian Kelly was saying, that it'll be a brand-new role for him. He is going to be back in the middle, except it is going to be a more aggressive role, and it will be across the line of scrimmage that they're going to really try to emphasize the explosiveness of Harold Perkins, but from inside. Now, one challenge about that. They ain't got a lot of tackles. And when I say they don't have a lot of tackles, they have Jacob Guillory, who is a returning fifth-year guy who hasn't played a whole lot. Jalen Lee, who had been at Florida, I believe, was a Louisiana kid and has transferred back. He didn't play a whole lot last year. They got a Juco kid who's from Louisiana and is back. They're getting a second bite at the apple with a lot of Louisiana kids. They have a five-star true freshman that everybody's excited about. I'm like, a defensive tackle in the SEC, a a true freshman. That's not the easiest thing in the world, no matter how great you are. They have a three-star true freshman they're going to count on for some snaps. They got a three-star true freshman who's really an end and too small. But, hey, it's spring. Let's try it. And most alarming of all, Brian Kelly also said, we're going to, this is a quote, we're probably going to move a few offensive linemen to defense for spring, which starts in uh, next Tuesday or Wednesday. They don't have any tackles. So as great as Harold Perkins is, he's getting swallowed up by guards. I mean, the 325-pound guy gets his mitts on you, you're blocked, okay? Um, this is going to be a challenge. Like, nobody has tackles. LSU really doesn't have tackles. Chuck Oliver's College Football Today, presented by Roof It Forward on the College Football Voice of the South, The Fan. 
Today is a day of breaking news. First, the John U. Smith release, and now Trey Young has tweeted at 323, made it through. First surgery, and God willing, my last. Don't worry, I'll be ready when the time is right with a collage of pictures. You're going to be back. Of him with the cast on now and the finger now taken care of, surgically repaired. He will be re- uh, reevaluated in four weeks. Doesn't mean he's back, reevaluated in four weeks. Hawks will welcome in uh, John Collins and the Utah Jazz tonight at State Farm Arena. Have you heard the rumor, or maybe it's a report, from the insider that claims Lionsgate Entertainment is planning to make a modern-day reboot of the film American Psycho? Now, you would think, well, why do we need a reboot? It was just 20 years old. Well, this has led to a lot of pushback on the Internet, not just that it's 20 years old. That was a pretty perfect movie from the casting of Christian Bale. Is it just 20 years old? 20 years old. I think it's 2000 it came out. Um, (laughs) The casting of Christian Bale in the role of a psychotic killer playing two roles, especially was outstanding playing the role of Patrick Bateman and Paul Allen. Then remember Chloe Savigny, who plays one of the victims, not to give away the movie was great. Willem Dafoe was awesome as the, uh, as the police officer Reese Witherspoon as the doting girlfriend. It was a pretty perfect movie. And 20 years later, they're talking about remaking it. I can't see now they made a, a second one. American psycho two was not good. Now, I can't imagine this will be good 20 years later, but it also furthers my it's point that we've run out of ideas that we're doing this 20 years later. Depraved stuff in that movie. It's a wonderful movie, though. Like, Pat, if you haven't seen the movie, it takes place in the 80s. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying. That's, yeah, it's, pa- it's, it's Patrick not Bateman a, you know. is a yuppie businessman who is also a killer. So he could go from a big business deal, sharing his thoughts on Phil Collins, Susu Studio, to then going with a chainsaw naked through his apartment and chopping people up. That's a wonderful concept. And a conversation about a business card that you would never imagine even possible. The corners of the business card, the texture of the card, all of it just... It is. It is. not Creepy doesn't even describe it. It's it's a very voyeuristic sort of thing. You're Mm -hmm. like watching this. It's it's just weird. It's a great movie. It really is. Sad news today as well, and we uh, talked about this in the crosstalk with Nick and Chris. We lost Ole Anderson, part of the uh, Minnesota Wrecking Crew. Ole was 81 years old. Passes away one of the original members of the Four Horsemen. Do you know I, the other three? Uh, Rick Flair. Okay, that's good. And come on, don't be dumb. You're being dumb. Terry Funk. Hop out. Tully. Tully Blanchard. And Arn Anderson. And Arn Anderson. Yes. Terry Funk. The ultimate heel foursome. Dory Funk. No, there was no Funks. Now the problem with the Four Horsemen became like any other faction. At some point, you start moving pieces in and out, and you start replacing people, and it's just it loses steam. It's funny you say that. By the time I got interested, they were so well-known, they were more faces than they were heels at that time. Well, in, people started In rooting. WCW, yeah, right? Yeah, they were cheering yeah. for the Four Horsemen. It's kind of what happened with the NWO. Like, people started Bad cheering. guys are so cool, yeah. they become the good guys. 100%, yeah. right? That Flair, who was a heel, but fans would cheer for him. Tully Blanchard was mostly useless, though. I mean, he, he was the weakest link of the four. It was awful every on the mic. Every group has one of those. Yeah, like, fun. there's a Peter Lawford in every group. Well, they tried to push him in the right like direction. Hoyt with us. Kind of. They tried to push him over by giving him the TV championship. You put a belt on somebody, it gives them more clout. Didn't work. Because Ole and Arn at some point were the tag team champions, and they tried there. Arn was the TV champion himself at one point. Did he point. have a move, like a definitive, like... Tully? No. Arn? Ole, who passed. I want to say there was a, a pile driver somewhere along the way with the Andersons. They were very old school in the way that there was not, like, some great finishing move like everybody Rapplers. has to have. Yeah, they were old school wrestlers. Territories, they jump all around. There's probably a move I don't remember, but... I, and no shtick, like hitting you with a guitar. No, that was the honky-tonk man. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, again, it was a different sort of... Like, the sleeper hold, the 
Yeah. The WWF always wanted characters. WCW, NWA, WCCW, AWA, they were different in the way that it was more like old school wrestlers. Didn't say they didn't have characters, just not to the level of the cartoonish characters in the old WWF. So rest in peace to Ole Anderson. All right, coming up, I believe this is the next Brave star who could add MVP winner to his resume. Nick Mickemeyer. He's not active. Tim Mazzetti. Not available. Mr. Belvedere? Doesn't play for the Braves, and he's dead. He is. He's gone. For a while. Yeah. Chris Hewitt. I was thinking Alex Jason Elam? Nope, none of them. No, Alex Karras played the father for Webster. Yeah. I'm Christopher of... Hewitt played Mr. Belvedere with Bob Euchre yes. for that family in Pittsburgh. Yes. Way off. Not having a good day. Same network, though. At least I got Both that. Both ABC. You got that going. Right. I'll share this sub player with you next. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. At Jim Ellis Automotive, we take pride in our family-owned and operated business. Hi, I'm Stacy Ellis, Vice President of the Jim Ellis Automotive Group. When my granddad, Jim Ellis, founded our company in 1971, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, my dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. Today, third-generation family members like myself, along with the support of more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values our company was founded on. At Jim Ellis Automotive, we try harder because we sincerely value your satisfaction. That's why we've been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of our 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, still family-owned and operated and where you can always expect the best. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune in to 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. At Jim Ellis Automotive, we take pride in our family-owned and operated business. Hi, I'm Stacey Ellis, Vice President of the Jim Ellis Automotive Group. When my granddad, Jim Ellis, founded our company in 1971, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was easy and fully transparent. And it worked. Fifty years later, my dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. 
Today, third-generation family members like myself, along with the support of more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values our company was founded on. At Jim Ellis Automotive, we try harder because we sincerely value your satisfaction. That's why we've been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of our 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, still family-owned and operated and where you can always expect the best. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. (sighs) Or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at Camp Margaritaville Lanier Islands.com.